I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yo, what's happening, everybody? Nice Friday night edition of Wrestling Daily. Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily, and I am here. Of course, I am flanked by Louis Dangor back after a sabbatical where Steph Chase and SP3 did a delightful job. But he's returned to the show without his Quizzlemania mantle. How dare you, Louis, with the good name of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily resting on your young shoulders. You, you dropped the ball, man. Honestly, I've never been so... Like, I came downstairs and... Most people think I'd be embarrassed to see my parents, but no, I, I was more I was more worried about your reaction <laughs> when I came on to the next Wrestling Daily show. How, how you'd react to my if you'd even want me back? Right. But uh, I mean, I tried KFC for the first time, so that, that we gained something. I mean, you, when you say tried, you had what I would call nibbles of KFC. So I had a popcorn chicken, which was nice. It was Thank nice. You. Thank you. But the spicy wing was a bit too hot. It's a little bit too hot for me. Uh, well, you know, you've got to regroup, Lou. You have to come away, dust yourself down. And uh, in true Vince McMahon nature, I think we're probably both going to have to lose our first names. So from now on, <laughs> it's McCarthy and Dangor all the way. Um, that's all we're known as. You know, it's not that's quite. What been, that's what I've been called as by my friends for years. So, uh, so not too bad. It's not, it's not as bad as a uh, riddle, but we'll, we'll get we'll get onto that. We sure we sure will. Uh, so anyway, thanks again for joining us, guys, for some Friday night insight. It's that time of the week again, and very much enjoying all of your comments and super chats this week. As I say, my favourite part of the show. We had some bangers yesterday. Um, talking about fantasy booking and hot takes, some piping hot takes in there. So thank you very much once again. Uh, we really appreciate it. Any amount. It will be read out on Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. And of course, staying on the business side of things, if you do need to catch up with our week of content, you can do so on podcast form uh, or or YouTube. But if you just want us in your ears, taking a bath and you want to hear Louis Dangor wax lyrical about wrestling, that's the fantasy of many, I'm sure, then all you need to do is hit up Apple, Spotify, Acast, all of the good ones and probably the bad ones too. So... Feel free to join us there. Um, and of course, Wrestle 2, hovering around that 30,000 mark. Please give us a like, a, you know, so a share, a, a precious subscribe. Please feel free to do that. To all of you that already have your good eggs, and we all know on this show, Alex McCarthy speaking in the third person for some obscure reason, he likes good eggs. So thank you very much, guys. Um, let's jump into the news, okay? Because we had some sensational developments during the stream yesterday um, that I do want to get into. But we have a super chat already, Lou. Before we even came on air, we had a super chat tonight. Uh, and it comes straight from Mayor of Painesville, Dan, good friend of the show. Hello, Alex. What are your thoughts on Ilya and Volta? With a V, everyone. For me, it's a match of the year candidate. Levels of Bandido and Mike Bailey uh, from WXW16 carrot five stars. Well, it's funny you should say that. I watched it this afternoon. Of course, I couldn't watch it yesterday because I was on the stream um, with Steph Chase um, and I knew I was going to be missing something tremendous. It was a good episode, by the way. I thought of NXT UK 
full stop. Very much like what they're doing with Eddie Dennis, kind of Chris Jericho 2008 vibes. Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. So sometimes on this show, we're accused of um, giving the rub uh, and shooting. But tonight, when it comes to Volta and Ilya, it is all about the rub, Lou. Um, sorry, or the chomps. Dan, sorry, Dan Gore. Yeah, um, man, it was absolutely incredible. Um, the brutality, as Dave Meltzer has said himself, Lou, Dangle, uh, five stars, and he believes that it's the most brutal match that WWE has ever had. Uh, I would say probably intentionally so, yes. Uh, and man, the just the little things in the match, a lot of it was just straight up um, chopping and, and brutalizing each other and the violence, and it was just a fight for a lot of it. I also love the little things, though, where... Uh, even when Ilya was, um, he, he'd like done the back suplex and he, he went for he went for the arch, the bridge, and um, Walter just stops him at the thing and then drops him into the sleeper. I just thought, man, it like, um, like technically, it was so sound. Like I know that no one's even really thinking about that, but it was so smooth and the exchanges were so great. It was so brutal. It told the story of the underdog. I just thought it was amazing. Like the best match, in my opinion, of the like no fans era. And I know we've technically moved out of that with the main roster. But if you think back to those first few months mm. in the PC uh, with AEW as well, I think this is the best. You could even argue the best NXT UK match thus far. And that might not sound like a lot to some people who don't tune in all the time, but there is a great resume of matches on that brand. So for me... Five star all the way, match of the year candidate. It stands alone in its like category of violence and aggression and brutality. I, I just think it was sensational, Dangle. It was really good. It was really, really good. Like the uh, in terms of best NXT UK match for me, that will still go to um, uh, Pete, uh, not Pete, uh, Tyler Bate and Walter from Cardiff. I was there, was... and it was ridiculous. It was for me my favorite match of last year by far. Uh, this was good. I think the fat crowd, crowd would have helped it, and I think it's just more of a testament to those two guys. They were able to live, able to deliver what they were without the crowd. But um, having, I mean, what they were able to do was genuinely fantastic. So I think kudos to them. And I think Meltzer touched on this in his review in the newsletter. Uh, the fact Ilya Dragunov is so pale. And his chest lights up so mm. much. Just added to the match. It just made it feel more brutal. It, it was a fantastic match. And a lot of people sleep on NXT UK as being, oh, not the best. It's sort of the, the below NXT. But in terms of in-ring quality, it's right up there with the top, top, top in wrestling. And yeah. I really, really liked it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to say 100% five stars. I agree with Meltzer on this one. I don't know if we can say that for some of his other star ratings that uh, have come out this week. But uh, on this one, 100% five-star match to the bank. We are going to get into that uh, at some stage because I do have some thoughts on what Uncle Dave had to say. Um, but, yeah, this match, no doubt, um, and it's the UK at the top end of the card especially, has been delivering since the inception of the brand. Um, every takeover has banged. And yeah, I just think that the more exposure they get and the more classics they put on, the more people will be drawn to it. And and I really hope so, because there is a great brand there. And the moves they've made this week with Satamora and, of course, Rampage Brown, very good moves. So, you know, I can't. I think they're truly on the up. Um, we've got another super chat here from Jobber JJ. No joke, WWE blocked my Twitter and some of my tweets due to copyright. Sharing links is copyright. Expect a street fight between me and Vince at Survivor Series. Uh, Jobber JJ, I would back you all the way in that in that scrap, my friend. You plucky, <laughs> plucky individual. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to know what you were what you were tweeting, my friend. I I, I can't give you that much aid from here, uh, nor legal advice. But I will say, um, WWE have been known to get precious about things. I I still now get worried if I ever share a video like from their YouTube or anything like that because you, you just think they're going to come clashing down on me um but yeah i'm sure it'll all work out they're just being sensitive maybe and it's a sensitive time which moves us on to the next bit of news because we've seen the end of the twitch era it seems aj styles put out a statement lou um of course Paige was really quite emotional about the whole thing walk us through where we're at 
and how WWE have seemingly cancelled all rights for anyone who works for him. So this is uh, not good in my view. A lot of people, yeah. So we've heard for a while WWE has planned on banning its wrestlers from using Twitch, Cameo, and other sort of third-party platforms. And yesterday, uh, several wrestlers either deleted their Twitches or announced that they'd be suspending them. Uh, AJ Styles was one. Mia Yim was another. Cesaro was another. So it doesn't affect your place on the card, whether you're, I was about to say NXT, but Mia Yim is now main roster, isn't she? Um, with Reckoning. But uh, yeah, so this Who's also... Mia Yim? Who is Mia Yim? I don't know. Sorry, Reckoning. About. Carry on. Uh, but this, and more surprisingly, we saw yesterday Paige... And this was one that was extra surprising for me because I wasn't sure what deal she was on right now, whether she was on a Legends deal or a or a performance deal. But it seems like she's also been impacted by this because during a stream yesterday, she got, and understandably so, quite emotional uh, during her stream. Basically saying, uh, I've got to the point, and I quote, I've got to the point where I can't deal with this company anymore. So now I have to make an important decision. I'm effing tired. I broke my effing, night, effing neck twice, twice for this company. So she obviously feels, and I guess rightly so, aggrieved by the fact that she's being asked to delete her Twitch. She even later said that at a time when she isn't able to go to shows like everyone else, she isn't able to wrestle. She needs that interaction with fans where she's just sitting at home. And WWE have unfortunately taken that away from her. But they haven't gone down without a fight because it is it has been reported by PW Insider that several wrestlers spoke to uh, Vince McMahon about the Twitch ban in a lot, sort of last-ditch effort to change his mind, um, which I guess you can understand if people wanted to do. There, there was no names uh, said with who went to Vince McMahon, but you can understand why they would. And it is a difficult situation. Part of me understands why WWE is doing it, because if you've got a heel on TV, you're going to want them to be a heel on social media. That's, not why, that's not why they're doing it, though. And you know of it. course not. Of course not. That's their excuse. They, I mean, it came out that Biggie made, I think, 60K. On cameo, that's why they're doing it. I will not be surprised. I will not be surprised if eventually WWE and Twitch work out a deal when these people are back on Twitch, but under a WWE banner, under a WWE facilitated account, where WWE gets a get gets a a, a percentage of the cut. A hundred percent. That's the reason they've done it. It's it's financially based. I do think that probably people like AJ Styles, and I don't want to call him out and sort of say that he's done anything wrong, but people like AJ Styles talking about his issues with Paul Heyman that potentially have had had a a um impact I wouldn't be too surprised given sort of WWE don't want those kind of things out the sort of thing if he said in an interview it probably would get taken taken down or asked to be edited out or or something like that if, if that does happen but I mean it's an interesting time and I do feel for the performers involved because especially at a time like this where they're not on the road 24-7 they're not used to having this free time and they want to stream with people they want to connect where they can't with fans at shows it really is and must be incredibly upsetting for them uh, we have got a super chat from Pablo uh, Trejo but I, I do want to stay on this Twitch situation for a second there um, in my experience with WWE I've never retrospectively had them say take something down or edit it I've had it with AEW yeah. Yeah. A couple of times, but I haven't had it with WWE. So, uh, and, and New Japan. Yeah, oh, New, New Japan are like, yeah, super. Um, like, you have to do all your questions beforehand and everything. Anyway, with WWE, um, you say what you like about them, but they've never seemed, you know, what's said in interviews, I think they always think controversy creates cash and all that malarkey, as long as it isn't too damning to the actual company. Mm-hmm. You know, which is vastly different to the characters and storylines, then I don't think they mind. Um, you know, for me, it's greedy. It's controlling. Yeah. Um, they really have no business if they want to distance themselves from these employees as, you know, contracted workers or, you know, they're not getting healthcare with WWE and all of this stuff. And I know this is a wider conversation, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. And that's what WWE is doing. They're saying, well, you know, you don't officially work for us and get all of these perks. Yeah. But we want everything that you're doing. That's not how it works in the real they're world. They're going to have their cake and eat it. They but are. 
they want both sides of it. They don't want to give the healthcare benefits, the the benefits that you have being an employee, but they want to control their talent like employees. So that's exactly what I'm saying. It's it's yeah. anywhere else in the world in any other industry. It, but this is again where the wrestling industry and you know I know unionize is a word and all that you know that people throw around and I'm not saying that but at the same time wrestling seems to be the only industry you get away with doing things like this and I um I just don't think it's ethically correct especially for Paige man like she's not an active performer or anything like that she you know what why what how does it hurt them letting her do that um it and might also, benefit them. Because I guarantee all of those people watching Page's stream, I guarantee a handful, probably more, don't watch Raw, SmackDown, all the shows. So if she can talk up the shows, they can get that that cross promotion. If people build themselves up, I know this whole thing, WWE don't want you getting over unless you are made to be over by them. But it's incredibly unfair on Page. She's the one. I know I feel bad for everyone involved, but for her specifically, you could Worst tell on the stream last night how emotional she was. And you can understand it. It's not like anyone saying she's overreacting because she has had a rough go of it in, in oh. recent years. And you have and to wonder no what, contract, what contract she is on, right? Because yeah. I was speaking to um, Foley the other day, Mick Foley, uh, and he was like plugging his cameo hard, really hard. Like, you know, um, and saying how much pride he takes in it. And it doesn't see WWE can tell him what to do, even though he's been in talks with Vince. So maybe that will change. But um, you have to think that Paige is on some kind of, um, you know, not a legend deal is what I'm saying. Like she could be used on TV at any time. You know, I'd imagine that's what we're talking about here. But either way, um, to tie a bow on it, because I know we could go and beat a dead horse here. I think it's wrong. Um, and I don't think there's any need for WWE to do this. And if they, you know, come out and publicly give a whole host of reasons why, other than the fact by glossing it over with all of this jargon that really they just want the money that their superstars are generating. And I do get it kind of if they're using the character that WWE have helped build and create. Yes. But if these people were, you know, streaming under their real names, like Paige does, um, why? Then what, why is it their business? So I don't know. Um, that's just my thoughts on it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pablo, let's get to you, my friend. Uh, with Pack and Dunn coming back from the UK, could we have Walter versus Bala? And Walter versus Ilya is number two on my match of the year. Um, and I'm assuming he's saying here that Revolution Tag Matches is number one. Um, Pablo, you've got great taste. I would say that those two are absolutely in the conversation. Wouldn't you, Lou? They are um, two of the top five in, in anyone who's got half a brains list. 
Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They were two fantastic matches. They were brilliant from in different ways. I think that both were incredibly impressive in their own right as well, considering AEW's Revolution was a tag match and it was that good. And we don't necessarily normally see tag matches getting those sort of high praises and being in people's match of the years, even though they, they definitely should be. And obviously Ilya and uh, Walter was in a, in a no-fans era, which just makes it incredibly impressive. So, um, yeah, I think you've got to take a hat off to all six men involved and say uh, that they, 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 they really pulled it out of the bag and had some great matches. Yeah. And in, in terms of like, can we see these different matchups now stateside or over here? It seems to be kind of one way traffic in a lot of ways that yeah. um, it's the, it's the Brits that are now making it over to America. And I know Anthony Agogo, um, you, God, I spoke to him maybe three or four weeks ago now, and he'd gone to the States for AEW um, and appeared on dark this week, I believe at the commentary table. Yeah. Um, so there's, it's clearly like a way that that can happen now. And I know that there's different restrictions for different company uh, companies, countries in different ways. Um, I don't know if they'll be wheeling, like basically until there's a takeover or something, I don't see them wheeling Finn Balor out to, I mean, they can't anyway right now because he's injured, but I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future, but I do think there's a lot more matchups that can happen now. And as things ease, I, I would say you'd expect to see more of a revolving door in the new year. I would say in the UK yeah. for, for those who don't know, and I'm not sure obviously where Pablo is from, um, but it's still very strange over here. Like we're in different tiers in different parts of the country. And that means different things that you can and can't do. Um, arenas are still out. You know, they're begging for people to get back in stadiums at football matches. Um, the clubs are, the government is kind of, you know, resisting and it's all, uh, if considering we thought we were going to have people back in arenas this month, October, it's kind of taken a, a bit of a hit. Oh, Pablo, Mexico. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, so the UK is still kind of going through some growing pains uh, and the government are kind of <laughs> judging it on the fly is the most. No, way. no one knows what's going on. No. Put I, it that yeah. Way. yeah. So it's one of them where like, yeah, they're, they're trying to take things under control, but I, I don't, I don't know, but it seems like, it doesn't seem like America's doing that much better, to be honest, but still they're opening stuff up. So who knows? Who knows what the deal is there? Uh, we've got another super chat before we jump into our first hot take, but this has a hot take within it, Lou. Um, Bacon Russia, sorry I've missed, uh, not watched the live in the past two days. Work and a loss to COVID. Oh, man. Sorry, man. So sorry to hear that, Bacon Russia. Really sorry, brother. Um, but thank you for sticking with us. And hopefully we can put a smile on your face, my friend. I really hope everything works out for you at home. Yeah. Um, thanks for lifting my spirits on all uh, WT. Hot take. Can Retribution be saved by Shane getting behind it to get Vince gone? FTF. Um I mean, I, I want to say yes now, <laughs> just for you, um, just to make your day. No, I, I mean, I wonder if it would just be making it worse at this point. Do you know what I mean? Like Retribution has kind of already gone through so much in its early career. I just wonder if that would actually serve to hurt it even more by convoluting the whole story and the message. My answer would be to just book Ali um, stronger, you know, help him be the face Let of win. Yeah, you know, help, help him help the group. That would be great. You can't make him the leader. And then as soon as he's revealed to be the leader, they'd start losing left, right and centre. That makes pretty much no sense. Uh, so for me, I mean, I, I, more, I like, I'm one of the rare people that like Shane McMahon. I know people were getting really tired of him as best in the world and stuff. And I, and I got it. But I actually like the character and personality of Shane. So if he could be involved some way in something, Cool, I'm for it, but um, at the same time, don't think this is the spot. You, Lou? I mean, I think that it would be an interesting way if if this is how Vince gets out of WWE through retribution. Actually, on that note, when it was the first episode of the Thunderdome and Vince was coming out, I was hoping retribution would do some sort of thing with him, like attack him, sort of nexus. Probably not attack him, attack him, but do some sort of light trickery to make it look like they had, like they did with the Nexus, to try and, I guess, put the group over a bit and give them a bit of a shot in the arm, which they didn't do, ultimately. They sort of went with The Fiend and 
Braun Strowman route and then had uh, Retribution involved. But um, yeah, I, I don't know whether that would help. I don't think, I, I think that the group is now, uh, people are trying to put leaders into the group to make it make sense and to make it work, but just, just let them win. Just book them like credible threats. And then uh, hopefully that's what they can do to be taken. You've, you've already got the guy with Ali. There's nothing wrong with Ali. He's a great talent. You just need to like let him out there and flourish. Let let yeah, him, you know, if you're going to make him the leader, then make him the goddamn leader. Mm. The thing is, with, with Dark Order, they didn't work at the beginning, but at least AW booked them to win matches. They The, fact, the crowd didn't like them. The crowd didn't like what they were doing. But you could never for a moment doubt AW's intentions with Dark Order. You could always tell that they wanted them to be taken seriously. But with, with WWE, and I'd say it, 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 it's in a similar vein to how the group hasn't got over. But WWE hasn't really tried with Retribution in terms of giving them wins, giving them making them feel credible. And they don't. And that, in turn, hasn't helped the Hurt business because beating Retribution is now just kind of like, yeah, who, who doesn't? I think you and I could beat Retribution by, by, by the looks of it. With all respect to like jobber groups, like I don't know, like the free MBs or social outcasts or people like that, you know, okay, they have a place on the card or whatnot, but they weren't built like these guys were. But they, these guys are being booked like those guys were. So it's like, uh, was Retribution meant to be a jobber group all along? It just feels like such a sucky thing to do. But who knows? We're flogging a dead horse with this one, I think. Mm-hmm. let's move on to a hot take and then we will parlay that into some news so uh first up my unpopular wrestling opinion is that since 2018 mid 2018 june 2018 impact wrestling has been the best weekly wrestling show ever better than more better than smile better than nxt better than AEW, better than nwa and that's just my opinion goodbye and goodbye I mean, I don't hate it. Um, there are some merits, and let me tell you something. Um, they, you know, well, one, she's not the only person, although I didn't catch her name, sadly. Don't know if you know it, Lou. No? Didn't, no. Didn't, I think it was, it was from a tw Twitter DM that had a lot of numbers in the name. Right, okay. Anyway, um, I don't think it's been the best um, ever. For sure, <laughs> like, ever. I don't think it's the best show. I think it's been oh, good, but not I, amazing. Yeah, I, th I think I, I think she means being the best since that time, um, yeah. which is fine. You know, I mean, I do think Impact deserves a lot more credit because their name got dragged through the mud with the end of the Dixie Carter era. Okay, and everything went tits up there, and it wasn't great. And I understand why people had a bad taste in their mouth and obviously all the talent that it lost. But Impact has rebounded fantastically. It really has. And for anyone who is really, uh, who really digs the Attitude Era and those kind of storylines, Impact does give you that. It really does. It, it's probably the closest thing you'll get to the Attitude Era, minus maybe the production, right? That's the thing with impact for me um that they they have done amazingly with talent and the people they've signed i just wouldn't commit to saying it's the best i, I don't i don't think they've had a year like dynamite just had no i i agree i think it has it it's solid it's very very solid great matches women's division cannot be faulted at all it's got a fantastic women's division arguably more stacked than NXT, potentially. NXT's probably got some bigger names and better wrestlers, but in terms of the depth, Impact is sensational. So, um, I mean, it's a fantastic show. It is a fantastic show every week. It has its good weeks. It has its corny stuff like we saw with Johnny Bravo getting shot, which might be for some people. It might not be for others. Um, but, I mean, in terms of this person's uh, hot take, I think that you've got definitely got grounds to say it's been a, it's a very good show and it's been solid since then. But to say it's been the best uh, definitely ever or of that era, I think with NXT and AEW and stiff competition at that, you're probably going to fall slightly uh, fall, fall slightly short. I, I, yeah, I think NXT as well, like the year prior to Dynamite's inception was on fire as well yeah. so yeah i i mean I, I i like it though i do like it that people um and i do you know we want to shout out different wrestling companies and stuff and there is something for everyone so i do enjoy that aspect uh there is a hot take i saw in the comments that i do want to pull up because it's very good right go on 
So Matty, fifty-five twenty-one has said it's Louis is the friend. Scott, Scottish friend. Matty the hot Scott, all right? Has said Louis is the best person on WrestleTalk and he deserves a permanent feature on Wrestling Daily. Sorry, Alex. Well, firstly, thank you very much for that because I do appreciate it. But the other people involved with Wrestling Daily, along Terrible. with myself, SV3 and Steph Chase are fantastic. Their shows this past week I've watched just as a fan to watch as opposed to uh, because it's my job. They are fantastic, and you're in more than safe hands with those two and Alex at the helm when I'm not here. So, uh, yeah, fantastic group of people involved, and we hope you've enjoyed the first two weeks of Wrestling Daily because I know, speaking for me, we really have. We've really enjoyed chatting with you guys in the comments uh, and just sort of getting the interaction with you guys because, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I can always count on Uptown Avondale to uh, to make me laugh. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a basic heel turn for me, Matty, right there, man. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not having that. I'm not having this young prodigy usurping me anytime soon. Louis, get to the back of the queue. This is Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily, man. What the hell happened? I've been I've been done already. Um, anyway, it is a Wrestling Daily, which means we aim to bring you the news, and we touched on it at the beginning of the show, guys. But we haven't got into great detail yet. So let's talk about Matt. Let me hold myself. Riddle and his name change in WWE. Louis, take it away. So it was reported yesterday by PW Insider that Matt Riddle will now be known as Riddle. Moving forward, he has become the latest WWE superstar to have his first name dropped, which was an in- it was received sort of poorly online with people just saying basically riddle what you're doing and this has then been confirmed by wwe themselves sort of indirectly by the fact that they've um changed his name just to riddle on um on wwe.com so fightful select has followed up with this by saying that matt riddle versus sheamus uh was wasn't just well received by fans but it was actually well received by vince mcmahon too and he was very complimentary with it and uh, thought that they did well uh, it's he's very high on Riddle. It's it's to be said, and he made the call to change Riddle's name just to uh, sorry change Matt Riddle's name just to Riddle, and has pitched a more serious character presentation for him. However, Dave Meltzer is reporting in the latest Wrestling Observer rate, uh, newsletter that the decision to change Riddle's name has actually come somewhat because of the allegations that have come out about him. Um, or Meltzer's reporting because the allegations that have come out about him over the past few months with speaking out, with him saying in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, the company made the decision to drop Matt Riddle's first name, and now he's just Riddle. The story was that they wanted to not have people Google Matt Riddle and come up with the details of the lawsuit against him and WWE. The decision was made, and Riddle said he was fine with it and even preferred it, saying Riddle is his name and he's been called it for most of his life. So... I think you've already given away where you stand on this um, on this stance. I understand it, and I think it could be plausible, but I also could see plausible that Vincent Mann just thinks Riddle is a cool name, and thinks that that should be a should be a character presentation for him. It's it is it, it's not a great name at all. I mean, Riddle, it, it, it's not good. But uh, where do you where do you stand on it? Because I oh, I mean I know where you stand on it, but why don't you tell the people where you stand on it? First of all, SP three, come on, man! Like why why are you encouraging him? Why SP three? SP three out here saying Louis is awesome, among the best interviews in wrestling media today. That's why I'm watching right now. God damn it! I'm gonna have some of you thrown out of this goddamn lobby. Um, <laughs> no, I enjoy Louis's work, otherwise he wouldn't be here. All right. Um, let me tell you something else. Uh Riddle. I, I always feel like with these names, like in isolation, if you said, Oh, we're gonna call someone the rock, I'd go, Oh, that's crap. That is awful. Yeah. Why would you call someone the rock? I mean, it makes more sense though, with him and his heritage and whatever, and the way the character was going. So I'm not gonna make a direct comparison, but sometimes things sound crap. And then they the grow. Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but mm, a different era, I guess. But then so was the different rock. era, yeah. But it, it's I mean, kind of like if if someone debuted called the Undertaker tonight, 
if we got a message from WWE, The Undertaker to debut tonight, we'd all be like, this is the most pants thing ever. Well, yeah, but also if he came out like The Undertaker, you'd be like, oh, like, I get it. Like, what's what's Riddle meant to be? Like, is he going to start coming out with a big question mark on him? Like, I've, I've heard, um, I've been told from, from guys inside WWE, guys that I trust very much, that Vince isn't, in fact, high on Riddle. Um, and they actually soured on him a great deal, thanks to the um, the lawsuit that came against him and the speaking out allegations. Um, and it's one of them things where they're just trying something different, and they are they're going to they're going to dress him in green. I'm told. I don't know if that is actually going to happen, but apparently they're going to start dressing him in green. So that that left me pretty stunned to hear that. Um, but at the same time, I think. As far as the illegal stuff go, uh, the sorry, the litigious stuff goes, where they don't want people to search. If you search Riddle WWE, you're still going to get the same guy, right? You search Riddle, yeah. you're probably he's not going to be far off either. So you would, you if that if that was the reason, they'd completely up, up yeah. shop. I think, um, and also there is a ton of guys still in the company who had allegations against them. Maybe none of them have made it to the legal part yet, of yeah. course. But it doesn't matter. There's still like a lot of cases and a lot of stuff on the internet but about it does. things. Well, you say it does, but it doesn't. Lou, if you literally search Joe Coffee right now, you'd you wouldn't it wouldn't be hard to find, right? But Same, from, but from wrestling news sites. The difference with Riddle is he's been picked up, and I've I, I did a little bit of research yesterday. There was some on the others, but Riddle's the first that and the most that sort of went into the oh no, it's starting to be picked up by your new sites that don't don't, don't uh, their main got their main sort of thing they cover isn't wrestling well and probably because w- his lawyer was awful <laughs> exactly it's but because I mean- it's it's because it's gone further in law that i think wwe have realized okay some major sites are picking that up so perhaps we have to add i can I, see it being an option but I, I as you say i don't think it's the main reason I, I don't think that's true i'm just gonna outright say it i don't think wwe would they'd be so you know There'd be so many, unless they've learned from stuff, because they have never done that. I've said this this week a few times. People don't want to cheer for Matt Riddle, Lars Sullivan, or Velveteen Dream right now. And I know two of them are heel, but the one that isn't, they seem to be trying to, you know, this new coat of paint, and I don't know if it will work. I don't know if that is your answer to change his name. Um, And if it is to avoid legalities and, you know, this bad look, then maybe you need to reevaluate what you're trying to do here if that's yeah. your answer to change his name. Anyway, yeah. um, here comes another super chat. Oh, I like George Yamin. I like his super chats, man. He's been great all week. Mm. Thank you, George. Uh, was SmackDown 2000 and under... Uh, bleh, let me get my words out, George. Was SmackDown 2018 underrated? It had a great roster. Um, I thought SmackDown 2016 was really good. Like yeah, as, 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 the, as the brand split um, first happened, it became my favorite show very quickly. Um, 2008 roster. Yeah. 2018 is kind of where we're starting to lose Cena and people like that. And uh, I believe it's like the reign of Daniel Bryan as the planet's champion. I'm right. Am I right in saying that? Or is that 2009? No, that's, two, that's end of 2018. So the November time he won it, it was majority reign of AJ Styles. So his feuds with Samoa Joe, which was very good. The yes. whole Wendy. Wendy. <laughs> his stuff with Shinsuke, which. Uh, mm, mm. His stuff but at the Becky. beginning of the year. Mm? Becky. Becky, yeah, that, that was the real sort of Becky when when the man was born Betty with the Survivor Series. It was a good year. It was a good year for SmackDown. It uh, it was sort of towards 2019 that SmackDown sort of fell off a little bit. But SmackDown has always been a solid show. And the fact it's two hours will always mean it's easier for me to stomach and for many other people than Raw. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've preferred SmackDown pretty much ever since 2016. Um, yeah, agreed. You know, but there you go. Another great super chatter that we have amongst us is CM Chris. He's been on fire this week with fireworks night coming in the UK next week and full gear being on Saturday. Which match is going to be a banger and which one is going to be a dud? Um, I don't think AEW has many duds on pay-per-view, to be honest. Not many that I can think, to my recollection. Um, the only one, Sammy and Matt Hardy, but that was more... Not, not, come on. Not, <laughs> you can't, not, you can't I, have a go in for that. 
No, of, of course not. I mean, that's the only one that hasn't hit, but that was literally because of the injury, not because the match was bad or anything uh, like that. In terms of a bang-up, there are so many options, which is why this pay-per-view is going to be so good. It's going to be Kenny and Hangman for me. That's going to be the one that bangs. Um, that, that, is, that is just going to be a special match, I think. I've got FTR on the Bucks. I think it might partially be because I literally... Got off the uh, got got off Zoom with FTR a couple of hours ago, and I've just spoken to them about how passionate they are about this match, and they probably turn me into a believer. But I'm a lover of tag wrestling. I am a lover of FTR. Uh, from, from their days well, of the you might as well drop your news while we're here, while FTR yeah. is on the uh, on the horizon. I mean, I don't I don't have a dud that immediately strikes me uh, at the pay per view. You know, you know, Darby Allen, Cody, and you know uh, Moxley, Kingston. <laughs> What do you want me to say? They all look like they're going to be great. So um, I don't really have any duds for you, but um, I do think Hangman and Omega is going to kill it. And even though I'm less confident, because I actually thought FTR and Omega and and Page, uh, I'm one of them who thought that was actually a bit disappointing. But the Bucks just like don't miss in these situations, and I feel like the the chemistry will be there. So I'm confident the tag will be great. Anyway, Lou, you spoke to FDR and something about the build, believe it or not, they're not that happy about. So it was um, a lot of fans have thought that the build to the FTR and Young Bucks match has been somewhat muddled. With, me included. But, um, and, and me, with both teams showing somewhat heelish tendencies. So you don't actually, and FTR should be the heels and Young Bucks should be the baby faces. But because Young Bucks have been super kicking Tony Schiavone, you haven't got a reason to sympathise with them because you're kind of like, you're dicks. You kind of deserve the beating that's going to come for you. So it is obviously, it's been slightly muddled, probably not what many fans would have thought it was going to be going into it. Um, but FTR have said, uh, to me in an interview, that uh, this match is basically the reason they left WWE. They wanted to leave for this match. But the build hasn't been exactly what they thought it would be. So Dax Harwood said, am I happy with the build? I think the build to this match could have been a little better. Obviously, when you're an artist, you think that your piece is the most important piece in the whole museum. I do believe that. I don't know if that comes off as selfish or not, but we believe that our piece in the AEW art is the most important art in the museum of full gear. The build, I believe, could have been given a little bit more time and been a little bit better. We could have had more time devoted to the match and made it feel a little bit more special. It's not about the time. It's it's about what they've done with what they've had. And they've done. But did you know that segment on Dynamite was three and a half minutes this week? It felt longer. It felt considerably longer. I didn't realise it was that uh, that short of a time until I went back and watched it for this interview to do a bit of research. And it was short. I, I get all that, right? But th- we've been building to this essentially since FTR debuted. So you can't say that, like, you know, oh, you know, I wish we'd had more time or whatever. Like, I, I understand what, what they're saying. But even from, you know, the, the Midnight Express stuff and uh, the way that it was kind of introduced early on between the Elite and FTR and it was like you know, people not really working out the characters. It's been building that way the whole time. So it feels like there's been a lot of time to go, oh, hang on a minute, we don't like this. And and I think in AEW, I know the Young Bucks, of course, have amazing influence there, but surely they would have had time to say, we we do or don't like this or whatever. Like I, I, I Maybe, I think it's one of those things where it's like, now that it's playing out, they're like, oh, actually, this isn't great, mm-hmm. rather than we didn't get what we wanted. I mean, wrestlers are perfectionists, and I know the, the FTR from when I've spoken to them, they really care about tag wrestling and will want this to be the best it can be. So if they think that it might not be slightly what they wanted it to be or as good as they want it to be, and it's not meeting the incredibly high expectations that I'm sure they set for it, then they might be disappointed. But I mean, uh, more than anything, the big takeaway I got from this interview was they really think they're going to go out there and have the greatest tag team match ever. They think that it's going to be the best... And I think they will. I think they've they got potential for it. I really right. do. I think that. I, I think that. I this, ever, but maybe. 
Oh, I don't know. I think that in it, it, so the the exact verbiage that uh, Dax said to me was, "We want it to be the most emotional wrestling match in North America," and I right. think they've got potential for it. I really do. I think that this could steal the show. I think it should go on last for me. It's the biggest tag team you match that AW. Yeah, Mark. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I really am. Pouring out of you right now. Like, I like, really don't, am. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy FTR. Like, they're great. And I, like, as the revival, I saw them do some amazing things at Takeovers Live that blew me away. Like, I'm, I'm fully, uh, I'm sure that they're more than capable. But I feel like the, um, I, I was left so. And it's not just their fault because obviously there's there's two other people in the match, right? But I I just felt like the match with uh, Omega and Paige just didn't hit the notes that I expected, and I'm not so worried because I feel like the Bucks can just with anyone, you know. I, and there was different things as well that went into why Paige and Omega and uh, FTR didn't really work, and you know the heat in the arena and the no fat, you know, the, the Hardy and um, Guevara thing happening before. There's a lot of reasons, like. I'm not like trying to pin anything on them or blame them, but um, you're out here saying it could be the greatest tag ever. Like, I that's think it could. What, I why? legitimately think it could. <laughs> I think the, the, the build, the build has not led me to believe it could be the greatest ever, Lou, at all. You're just and so. I, this is what I'm getting at. This is the only reason I'm countering what you're saying because, mm-hmm. like, the thing for the greatest ever, it's like there has to be that electricity and that build and that kind of anticipation where they could have just had it with the dream match that is already there, but instead it's this convoluted build. I get it. They're trying to add these, you know, the suspense of, you know, all the bucks won't be able to get the time. I'm like, I I just don't see that as like, this has been four years, mate, four years. I think it's easy for us to say now, but when we see on one side of the ring, FTR and the other side of the ring, the young bucks, We'll forget that the build's been slightly muddled. This match has been something that it's been the most sort of in my lifetime anyway, the wrestling match that has been teased, I guess, at one stage and has been delivered the latest. And it's been one that I've been so highly anticipated for. And I just, even in 2016 with DIY and American Alpha, FDR had, uh, or then the Revival had great matches. But I was like, imagine what they do with the Bucks. And I think this could legitimately steal the show and put tag team, make people realize if they didn't already, that tag team wrestling is just as good as singles and can be just as good as singles. And I know it's going to sound like just because I've got off the, got, got off an interview with FTR. It does that sound I, like that, yes. <laughs> I know, but I, anyone that knows me when I'm a massive, massive FTR mark, I love the way they do things, the way they operate. I think this could be really good. And I hope we sit here in a Monday week. So next uh, Monday, the ninth on the show. And you can say to me that tag team match was fantastic. And I'm sure I will be saying that to you, but I'm also just, I'm not confident. I'll be saying it's the greatest ever. That's where the debate is. I'm sure it is going to be great. I've got all the confidence in the young bucks uh, and FTR and both their abilities and, and, you know, that this is a match that they've wanted to deliver for so long. So they're going to have a lot already in their minds kind of planned out and um, things that they want to do. Um, I'm just contesting the greatest ever shall Lou. That's all. I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, we so will moving, see. Yeah, we will. And moving along, uh, if we're, are we going to talk about news? Are we going to do another hot take? Or should we take a super chat? I think it should be a super chat, Lou. What do you reckon? I agree. I agree. We, we love your guys' super chat. So if you want to get them in and hear us, I guess, debate what you got to say or review what you got to say, send them in and we'll we'll do our best. Yeah, they always take priority. And George Yamin's back at it. And he says, the Shield versus the Elite, who are you guys taking? Um, I, I assume you don't mean a literal matchup because that'd be however many versus three. Um, but... Is it though? I mean, Kurt, Martin. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah, Triple H for a while, sure. Triple um, H. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I mean, it. What in terms of legacies and? Oh man, that's a really. It depends. Like, there's a criteria. It depends what you're after in the answer. If you're just saying like, who do I prefer? Oh, again, that question. Sucks. Got to be chilled for me. I think it's probably who I prefer. I think it's probably the shield. Um, having said that, though, I have, oh, I have such a deep love for the elite as well and what they've been able to do with AEW. Like, if AEW hadn't have happened, I would have said the shield 
fairly easily, even though obviously the Bullet Club and what they did in New Japan and, and you know, Ring of Honor and all of that stuff was great. But the Shield has like spawned three legitimately, you know, from out of nowhere. Yeah. From literally out of nowhere. Mm. Um, well, I mean, they were already, Roman was certainly out of nowhere. Like Rollins had done great stuff in Ring yeah. of Honor, and all, but I know what you mean in terms of a, a faction. It was from nothing, um, and I love how Cody kind of reinvented himself with the the Elite as well. And and you know, oh, man, that's a hard question, George. If you put me if you put me on the spot, which you are because you've paid your money, um, I would say the Shield just because they've made the biggest impact in the biggest wrestling company in the world. That's the best I've Agreed. got for you. Agreed. Okay. Uh, thank you, though, George. You're, you're really great with those um, Super Chats. Do appreciate them. Uh, let's talk a little bit more news. So we've had Riddle. We've had the Twitch accounts. We've had the little FTR exclusive. And we've also talked Volta and Ilya. So allow me to drop two more stories at you before we hit a hot take for the home straight. Pack. Pack is returning, Lou. My Geordie friend, the, 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 the Newcastle fan among us. There it is. Uh, big pack. I love him, man. Um, what, what a fantastic talent he is. And he is making a return to dynamite. We don't know if it's in the flesh or not. Um, he's certainly breaking his silence. So it would seem that his return is imminent either way. Uh, he's going to make his return next week. And man, I am so excited to see what could play out here. Of course, Death Triangle is no more. Um, the Lucha Bros are with Eddie Kingston and his, uh, rat pack and man. Uh, I want to see Pat get involved in that stuff, Lou. I almost hope if it's in the if he's in the flesh that they didn't announce this and he just turned up after the main event of Dynamite, either to attack yeah. either man, to attack Mox or to attack Kingston, whoever I'd want to see it. Uh, I think that that'd be so cool. Uh, I think that it's obviously perhaps slightly not reactionary, but perhaps because they lost the ratings last week that it, they've announced him ahead of time. It doesn't seem like the sort of AEW thing to do to announce a return or to do it ahead of full gear, unless he's going to have a matchup full gear, which I don't expect him to. So we'll see where this goes. We will, I guess it, it packs great pack for me. It, Amazing. I, think, I think it was going to be pack versus, um, Moxley at double or nothing instead of Brody Lee. That was where I think it was heading, and I'd be surprised if it wasn't uh, heading that way. So I guess we'll have to see where things go. But the opportunities with Pack back is great. It's going to feel like a new signing for AW because we haven't seen him since March. It's really, really exciting, and I think we've got a lot of potential with the stories that could happen. So uh, man, get if, I'm, I'm excited for it. It'll be a great show, and Pack back is fantastic. Generational talent for me in terms of high flyers uh, and his athletic ability. The pack is a huge injection for AEW. Uh, SP3 is at it again with another terrible take. The Elite all day. They dominated Ring of Honor, New Japan, and now AEW. Their impact on the industry dwarfs the shield. That last line, SP3. Man. In terms of money, right? If we're talking of like events led and uh, merch, merch sold would be the Elite, I assume. Um Ooh. I just assume that because they killed it, right? But I, I mean, WWE is such a bigger machine. I mean, mm. the elite would have made more money personally <laughs> from the merch than the WWE talents. I would have thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think you say the impact on the industry, but you have to remember WWE stands at the top of the industry by a great distance. Which I know is painful for a lot of fans to hear, but but it's true in terms of marketing and money. Um, and the shield have been well, Moxie's doing it now for AW, he's the flag bearer for that company. So, you talk about impact on an industry, he's leading the elite's company right now. So, how, how's, me, about, how's two, about that? Two, poetic the, the two top champions and the two top companies are shield members right now. Well, Roman Reigns, for me, is the best character in wrestling right now with the tribal chief. Uh, John Moxie's doing fantastic work. I think that it, it, listen. It's 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 close. We're, we're, at no point are you and I saying that the elite haven't had an impact on the industry or the yeah. shield haven't had an impact. It's a great thing about it. You can't say they've dwarfed what the shield Ooh, has done. Dwarfed is a little bit hot. It seems like I think True Hill Heat is has actually a bit upset that Steph's got the hot take. So I think he's coming <laughs> with one of his own. 
He's 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 felt oh don't go into big in my role. SP3. I won't have it. I won't have it on my show. Listen, we have another bit of news to dive into, and of course, it would be the Vince documentary, which can either be amazing or is gonna be like the most self um propagandizing, yeah, indulgent piece of document. But I don't think that'll be the case with Netflix, and of course, uh, Bill Simmons has also signed on to to be the executive producer there. Now, if we see what Netflix has done with documentaries, um, I don't think I've ever seen them take it easy on anyone. Right. Um, and also, and it's got the guy that was involved with Firefest, which was yeah, pretty that's damning. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I think, I think we're going to be in for it, it. I hope it's not a WWE network documentary on us on USA on Netflix. I don't think so. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not done by the same people. And at the end of the day, I don't know the deal. I'm assuming WWE will have some rights in terms of what comes out and what doesn't, but so. Netflix will try and, you know, Vince McMahon, uh, and I know he's pretty divisive, but really when you cut to the core of it, everyone will admit like, you know, he's basically the godfather of professional wrestling as we know it. You can't, there's only so much you can hate the guy. He, he really has given us everything we're that we love. We're not here without Vince. Vince no, precisely, been, precisely. And that's the thing, right? Like he is a fascinating character. Like I've, I've tried to, um, I'm tentative. I'm like halfway through a feature where I'm writing and I'm interviewing different people that can give a true perspective on what Vince McMahon is like kind of inside and outside of the ring, like the true Vince McMahon, because no one really knows unless you meet him and you work for him and get to know him in his world. He's such a unique character that that's why this documentary is so polarizing, man. Um, and yeah, I, I think I, I, I just think it will do massive business if this documentary is done correctly. And really it needs to be done because like I said, Vince, if you look at just who he is and what he's done in the world and the self-made kind of billionaire, semi-self-made, like, it's incredible. It, it, it needs a spotlight. Have they given any indication as to when it's out? I think it's next year. Or it's beginning. Like, it's in, it's beginning development. I, um, Nick Khan did say on the call. But, uh, yeah, I believe that the only real details at the moment is that it is in development. It's been agreed and Bill Simmons is signed on. Um, there is a comment here from our good friend Pablo, who says about, don't forget Uncle Dave's ratings. Good point. Um, let me tell you something. He rated Sasha Banks and Bailey below Penta and Kenny Omega. Now, Pentagon Jr. and, and Kenny Omega was a you know really, really good TV match, but Jesus Christ, like to say that that even had the same remote emotional pull as Bailey and Banks, or the execution to me is frankly laughable. And say what you like about Omega and Pentagon. Like, let, let's even take that out of the equation for a second. To have Bailey and Banks four point two five, so it's not even a five star match apparently, which I fully believe that it is, in my humble opinion. Um, for him to think that a TV dynamite match was better than maybe you know one of the all-time great hell in the cells and just you know to say bailey and banks wasn't even the best match that week i find staggering yeah it was the same rated as uh roman and it's uh, not roman and jay uh actually roman and jay which were uh, no that should have been higher than 3.5 but same rating as drew and randy which surprised me i thought that sasha and bailey was way better he and had Roman. Roman. Roman and Jay was the worst telling a cell in Dave's eyes. In terms of in-ring action, I get it. It was the worst. In terms of moves, if you're thinking moves, but but if if you're you're worst, like, do you know what I mean? It's not like like that seems a lot more damning than it actually is, right? He gave it the same rating as he gave Sheamus and Matt Riddle on on Raw. Right. I mean. I don't want to. I don't want to like. That's, that's just annoyed me. I don't want to talk about it too much. Um, I respect Dave Meltzer in terms of the historian that he is, and and the platforms that he's built, and the you know. Let's be frank. He's he's made jobs possible for guys like like Lou and I, like you know, to to really be able to report on the industry. He's he's done it. He did it great for many many years. Um, I don't think his ratings are the be all and end all. That's fine though. He like he's, he's allowed his ratings, and it's great that they command so much respect and attention. Um, I just don't think that they carry the weight. Um, certainly not. I certainly disagree here. Okay, that's is, simple as that. Is, is, is our good friend Uptown Avondale in the chat? I mean, he, I could we could do with him right now. I he should feel be, like we need him. We need him. <laughs> anyway, we definitely yeah. need him. 
<laughs> Job and JJ knows. Um, listen, uh, we got a couple of super chats to get to before the end of the show, Lou. So, and they're both from Matty, as it goes. Matty, let's start with. Oh, I need to get it up first. Your first one is: What is your ideal two and three man commentary team? Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but I do prefer a two man team. Um, I always thought that I didn't, I never understood why the third person was so vital and why that's become commonplace in this day and age. JR and the King are my favorite two man team ever, but it's of course my era. And um, if if I had to pick the best today, um, Tom Phillips and Samoa Joe would, would do it for me just great. I understand that Samoa Joe probably won't be along, around long term. Um, so I would say I actually really enjoy Nigel McGuinness as the colour guy. I'm going to say I would go for Nigel and Moro. Their commentary, their, their, their chemistry I'm, was off I'm the charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that they would they'd be fantastic together and they are fantastic together. Uh, big uh, shout out to Kevin Kelly from New Japan. I If I watch New Japan shows live, I don't catch him because they don't tend to do their... For, for their smaller shows, don't do the English commentary live, but he is fantastic. But for me, it does have to be Byron Saxton and David Otunga. There you go. Uptown Avondale knows. He's took heed of my advice. I want to play that video more than anyone else, um, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, as, soon as, as soon as we get off the stream, he plays it just to get his fix. <laughs> as soon much. as we stop going live, he just plays it. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, I must say as well, I, um, I'm i a big, I like Excalibur as someone who's grown on me very much, um, what he's doing in AW. So shout out to all of the great commentators out there. And of course, Matty did come at us with another super chat. Um, what's the biggest pop you've heard in person? Now, this is a great question. Um, I've got a couple. Um, I'm going to do the ones that run to my head first. So I was at the Royal Abbott Hall when um, Mustache Mountain defeated Undisputed Era for the tag titles. Nobody thought it was going to happen. The pop was ridiculous. You should you should watch it back. It is staggering. Like, yeah. it was deafening when I was there. I was also at a house show in, like, 2000... 13 maybe something like that uh at the o2 it's a friday night and uh john cena faced alberto dario in the main event oh my god like the roof came off for cena it was unbelievable like i've been to a million shows and this is the time as well where if you saw cena on tv people were booing the hell out of that guy um and the roof like literally came off uh unbelievable but i will say uh the biggest pop i've ever heard live was the return of the hardy boys and then the return of Edge. I was at both WrestleMania 33 and the Royal Rumble this year. Oh my lord, you spintingly amazing stuff, Lou. What you got? If you got anything that so rhymes, staggered. No, so I actually haven't been to that many live wrestling shows. I think partially because I've always been at school, so I haven't been able to fly out to the states to watch any of the shows. Or, and I haven't actually been. The last WWE show I went to was 2012. Yeah, I think 2012. I was there when when R-Truth turned heel. Do you remember that? I I do. Hang on. 2012, you were... 2011. Yeah, I was going to say. You were... I was 10. 10? Christ. So me and my brother were massive into it. We bought signs. We bought everything. We loved it. My dad just came along because we couldn't go on our own. And he, he pretended to love it, but hated it. Uh, so, uh, the, but the loudest pop I've actually heard was at a progress show last year. Okay. Just, I think because of the size of the venue. And if you've been to progress shows, progress fans are just the most energetic, loud fans you can think of. So yeah. when it was Kyle O'Reilly was there and he came out and everyone did the boom that he does. And it was then I was like, okay. I think it's just because the venue was so small. But hopefully when the world stops ending, I'll get out to the States go to an AW show or a w- big WWE pay-per-view and I'll, I'll, I'll see a, see an edge return or a Matt Hardy return or something like that, that, that rivals Alex's. I've also seen Moxley's debut in AW. That was a big, big pop. I was also at the uh, Blackpool one for NXT UK where Walter debuted massive, massive pops, man. Um, tremendous. Right. Right. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Luke, the, do you know what the biggest pop I've ever heard? When you heard from yourself, when you heard that you'd be co-hosting the show with me. That's a really weird take you've got there. But no, it's this. Jose Garcia wants to know if Jenny's going to do an OnlyFans account. You know what? 
<laughs> so loud. <laughs> Natty, the queen queen of the stiff style. Came out of nowhere. Poor, poor wow. girl. That is, uh, that is staggering stuff. Uh, anyway, I have to say thank you to everyone who has tuned in again tonight. We really appreciate it. Some great super chats, some great stuff in the comments too. Uh, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, and we're going to be back on Tuesday because there's no pay-per-view this week. And it'll be me and Luigi again, uh, 8 till 9, right here on Wrestle 2, which you should like, share, and subscribe to. And, of course, you can catch up with all the Wrestling Daily this week on your podcast platforms, Apple, um, mate, um, Acast. Um, what's, the, what's the one you can have on your phone? I don't even know. Just podcast. <laughs> Just the podcast app. Just do that. We're there. Any, We're any good podcast app, we there. And also... For the States, obviously, we've been an hour earlier for you guys this week. We're back to uh, the regular time that we were for our first week for you guys in the States. But uh, still 8 p.m. over here in the UK. And then uh, it will be 3 p.m. for you guys in the States. Yes. So anyway, thank you very much, guys. We really appreciate you for tuning into another week of the Wrestling Daily. Can't wait to catch up with you guys again next week. So from Luigi and myself, thank you very much. And please have a great weekend. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.